The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. This is your dish for Game 2 versus Toronto, which can be described with one simple word. Gritty. That's how the Royals got this one when you think about it, by doing whatever it took to get by, doing just enough. And while most of the time it wasn't pretty, it was effective. As the Royals emerge victorious 4-2, to and they extend that ridiculous four-run streak even further, as Casey is now 14-0 when they score four or more, 0-12 when they score three or less. Let's have a nice little 3-2 to win here soon so we can quit talking about this stupid streak, right? Although the Royals win, I don't care, whatever it takes. This game also put the Royals at 14-12 and for the month of April, if you include that one game in March, which is only one game away from my goal of 15-11. and That's what I said March 30th. I said, let's go 15-11 and through the stretch. The Royals got within one game of that at 14-12, and so overall, I'll take the first month of the season in which the Royals have seen outstanding starting pitching, very good defense, although the errors don't necessarily show that. The zone range factor does. A good bullpen from KC and a below-average offense, which obviously has hindered the Royals from winning much more. But to come out of that, two over 500. It's not great, but it's solid. We'll take that for the month of April. But let's get back to this game in particular. The Royals were able to do something key as they got a lead for young Jordano Ventura in the bottom of the first, thanks to a Nori Aoki leadoff double, Omar Infante moving him over, Eric Hosmer getting him in, and the Royals never looked back after that. As Ventura threw five shutout innings on 92 pitches, allowing two hits, four strikeouts, and two walks. And it really surprised me that Ned pulled him at only 92 pitches after the fifth. I actually sent in a tweet right before that and said, well, you can get one more inning out of Ventura. He threw 113 last game. You know, you figure he can go up to 110 this game, which would be 18 more pitches. And he'd been on a roll, so you would have thought they would have brought him out there for one more inning in the six. I understand why they didn't. No big deal. You know, he threw a lot of pitches his last outing. He's your young prize prospect. It's a cold night. Good part of the order is coming up for Toronto. So I understand it, but was a bit surprised. But then chaos ensued after that, didn't it? Because Danny Duffy came in. Inauspicious might be a little mild for what happened. On the first pitch, he drilled Melky Cabrera, which thankfully only suffered a severe shin contusion. Hopefully good enough for him to play Friday night. But, you know, ice that and relax, take tomorrow off, enjoy some barbecue, not worry about playing tomorrow night. But we're glad Melky's okay. But that first pitch drilled him, and I, I didn't like what I saw, if we're being honest. Not from Duffy, but from Ned Yost and Dave Island. So one pitch, yes, granted, Danny Duffy... You know, had a tough game his last outing. But what do we hear Ned Yost continually say? I'm going to stick with my guys, especially my young guys. Failure is part of the process. I know we're past the whole process. We're into win mode now. But Danny Duffy had been lights out before that last game in Baltimore. So one pitch tonight, he hits a guy on a cold night when you hear over and over Ned talking about how it's cold and it takes a while for a guy to get settled in. Well, one pitch apparently was enough for Danny Duffy to already be on the edge. So he gets 2-0 and with the next hitter, Jose Bautista, and then Dave Island comes out to stall, which I understand that you want to win this game. Trust me. But like I said, Danny Duffy has been effective the entire season until his last game. It's not like he's been roughed up the whole season. You know, he's somebody you might think of starting on Saturday or at the very least piggy- piggybacking with Bruce Chen if he's able to make that start and need three pitches and you're already basically telling him he's out. You know, he ends up walking 
Bautista, although a couple of those pitches were close to the zone, were not called strikes. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like pulling him out that quick, if we're being honest. I didn't really like pulling out Ventura, but I understood it. But Danny Duffy, I don't think it does any good to pull him out for his confidence. He's a kid that needs confidence. He's a kid that's as competitive as you'll ever find at the major league level, especially outward. And I just don't think for a young guy like that, that's what he needs. So it'll be interesting to see now what happens with Danny Duffy because, I mean, they gave him no leash tonight. You have a two-run lead. This guy's been so, so effective. And I feel like the self-fulfilling prophecy might have happened once they were stalling and getting guys up. So anyway, it all worked out in the end. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But just mark me in the column of not being real happy with how he was treated. I'm not furious or anything. I just found it interesting. Anyway, Aaron Crow came in, did allow both inherited runners to score. That tied the game up at two as Edwin Encarnacion and Juan Francisco had base hits to drive him in. But Crow was able to wiggle out of the inning again. Gritty. Didn't have his best stuff, but he found a way to get out of it. And that described the rest of the game from there on out. They grinded. They gritted. They wiggled from Billy Butler singling in the bottom of the seventh to Salvi drawing a big walk there. And then Escobar finding a way with two strikes on him to hit a chopper down the third baseline there that a good defensive third baseman probably fields. But on this night, it doesn't matter because they didn't have one out there. It's part of the game. I always talk about things evening out. There's been games this year the Royals have given away. See Baltimore, see Minnesota. That one with Shields was in there with Moustakis making that error and Shields making the error. It evens out, and it wasn't even an error. It was a hit. I'm just saying that a better defensive third baseman probably gloves that. But there wasn't one in there. It evened out. The Royals got the runs. They got the win. And the gritting continued then to get to that win from relievers all night from then on out. Seventh inning, Kelvin Herrera allows a double to Chris Getz of all people. Where was that power when you were here? Didn't he have some stretch of like 150 at-bats without an extra base hit or something? I don't know. Well, where was that at, Getsy? I love you, man. Why didn't you do it for us? But anyway, so Getz gets on with a double. Then Jose Reyes walks. So Kelvin Herrera, tough start. But what did he do? Say it with me. He gritted his way out of it as he got Jonathan Diaz, Jose Bautista, and Edwin Encarnacion out all in a row right down Broadway with those three guys. And then in the eighth, Wade Davis. Oh, Wade. You're mostly effective, but you drive me nuts with the walks. So a single to Navarro to start the inning, single to Francisco, and a walk to Getz in there. But in between, Wade does what he does. He either usually walks people or strikes out the side, typically both. Usually it's not an or, usually it's both. (laughs) Wade got the job done. He got himself out of it, found a way, wiggled out, struck out Rasmus, Sierra, and Reyes. Then, of course, Holland kind of gritted his way out of it, but had a two-run lead, give up one innocent double with two outs to Edwin Encarnacion, and then was able to retire Navarro to end the game, a Royals win. So it's one of those games tonight that wasn't real pretty. There's nothing really significant that happened in this game in my book other than the whole Duffy situation because it's interesting for me to see what's going to happen next with Danny Duffy, how he'll be used, how this affects him. Uh, This is one of those games, though, that really nobody will ever remember a month from now unless you were you know at your first game tonight or on a first date or who knows maybe caught a foul ball there's not much tonight that there's you know worth holding on to long term but the Royals are 2-0 and now in this homestand they really need a 4-2 and homestand if we're being realistic especially after losing three out of four in Cleveland you want to make a little run here at home you want to especially get some of those wins against Detroit so a 4-2 and homestand maybe even becomes 5-1 and I may up my expectations if they win tomorrow Tomorrow's a gravy game, though, as I like to call them. The Royals are facing longtime nemesis Mark Burley, who will go up against Jeremy Guthrie. Should be a good matchup for Guthrie. 
A lot of fly ball hitters in a big park on a cool night. I like Guthrie tomorrow night, and I like the Royals, hopefully, to be able to take the ball to right field against Burley. You've got some guys like Justin Maxwell and Danny Valencia, I suspect, that we'll see in the lineup tomorrow night. We'd like to see those guys use the right side of the field against Burley as it seems as if the Royals, the nights that they do get to them in the past, use the, the right side of the field. I would look for Billy Butler to have a big game tomorrow night, do some damage against Mark Burley, and I'm going to go ahead and call a sweep. I think we're going to sweep him tomorrow night. I do. And if that's the case, you go out and get two out of three against Detroit. Wow. You did some damage in this homestand. But first things first, it is a gravy game. It's not a must-win game. It'd be nice to see the Royals get that sweep. I suspect that they will. And we'll be back here tomorrow evening discussing, once again, Davo's Dish. Also hope you'll be able to listen to the Kyle Zimmer interview, which will be on the site coming up on Thursday morning and have a very interesting former Royal interview that we'll publish on Friday as we try to get you a minimum of two interviews a week here on the place where you hear from the players themselves, Clubhouse Conversation. Have a good night. Go Royals.